0: Our passage today is Matthew chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. I hope you'll get out your Bibles or your Bible app or the Pew Bibles and read along with us this morning. Uh, before we read though, I want to remind you this passage is a part of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's chapters 5 and 6, some of the most powerful and beloved passages Uh, Jesus ever offered us and it covers some powerful teachings of Jesus about how to live a life of faith and I'm not going to go through the whole sermon on the mount but I am going to do a few Sundays here and Luke's gospel also has the same teaching passage except it's in Luke chapter 6 if you ever want to compare the versions but what I'm going to read to you this morning is a series of blessings we call Beatitudes. But the passage begins with this interesting phrase, when he saw the crowds. So before we begin, I just want to think about for a moment who those crowds were. Who are the crowds going to see Jesus? And if you look back in Matthew chapter 4, it tells us, they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, Demoniacs, epileptics, he cured them all and great crowds followed him. In other words, these are people who are broken and hurting. This is who the crowd is. People who knew what it felt like to be pushed out and overlooked in life. And before we read, I just want to ask you to take a moment to put yourself in that crowd. And maybe... Today, you do that by simply remembering a really hard, challenging season in your own life. Or maybe this morning, you don't have to work that hard to remember what that feels like because you already feel like you are there. You are broken or hurting or in pain. But just take a moment to imagine yourself in that crowd that's come to hear Jesus. And now read these words that Jesus offers us. Matthew 5, beginning of verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessings. That's what beatitude means. It's just the Latin word for blessings. Later on in this teaching passage known as the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus will offer all kinds of practical instructions for living a life of faith. He will talk about forgiveness and how we handle worry and compassion. He'll give instructions that can shape your life. But before he does any of those teachings, he offered a word of blessing. It's a blessing to the lowly, to the hurting, the knocked down, dragged out, the lost, the grieving, those living in pain. Jesus offers a word to anyone who has ever wondered, what must I have done that was so bad? It is a blessing to anyone who's ever considered Maybe, just maybe, God has forgotten them. In ancient Greek, there were certain sayings as that were a part of a formula of teaching wisdom. Things like, happy are the wealthy, for they shall never want. Blessed are the wise, for they shall never be fooled. In largely illiterate society, wisdom was often learned through formulaic expressions that were easy to remember Uh, the book of proverbs and psalms are full of these examples from Greek ancient Greek train of thought happy is the nation whose God is the Lord psalm 33 12 psalm 1 verse 1 happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked Here's a great one to quote. The next time someone is unconvinced by your Facebook argument, just tell them Proverbs 23.9, do not speak in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. And the next time your kids don't want to eat the vegetables on their plate, quote to them Proverbs 15.17, it's better to eat veggies in a house filled with love than to eat steak served by someone who hates your guts. Proverbs 15, 17. People were used to learning wisdom through these expressions and saying. It was a formulaic how-to. This is often how rabbis taught their people. So here is Jesus giving his own wisdom teachings, except it's different. And as I was thinking about these Beatitudes, I decided that there are really two things that I hope you remember to consider whenever you think about the Beatitudes. And so I'm going to talk about those two things. So the first one, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are those who are reviled and hated. These aren't exactly people you would say are blessed, are they? Think about how we talk about blessings. We bless the good stuff, the wonderful stuff in life. We bless marriages and houses and babies. When people get a new car, somebody might say, I'm just so blessed. Um, as one of my chaplain colleagues used to tell me, Kara, I'm just too blessed to be stressed. We bless the happy and wonderful things. and But think of the people Jesus just named. They're They're not happy. Life isn't wonderful. They are people who are persecuted, hated, washed up, sad, living in pain, grieving. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The hurting, the reviled, the grieving. Nope. We'd never call those people blessed. That'd be the last word we would think to describe this Group of people. In fact, we don't want to be those people. We don't. But the first thing I want you to remember when you think about the Beatitudes is that at some point in our life, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe yesterday, we are those people. We are the broken, the hurting, the lost living in pain or grief-stricken, we are those people. And when that is you, when you happen to feel like you are just barely holding on right now, here is Jesus speaking a word to you, reminding you that you are not far from God's heart. God has not forgotten you. In fact, he calls you blessed. To bless something is to recognize it as loved, holy, treasured, valued by God. Blessed are you. Jesus looks at all that hurting crowd of people. He sees their pain and their heartache and their suffering. They're living under the strong arm of the Roman occupation. They're just trying to make it another day. He sees all that. Those who've been kicked down and kicked out, he sees their pain, their grief, and their heartache, and he offers a word of hope. If and when you feel like you are barely holding on, I hope you hear Jesus' word to you today. The kingdom of God, he says, is for you, and you are not forgotten. And the second lesson that I hope we all take away from these Beatitudes actually comes from Father Gregory Boyle, one of my heroes. And he calls the Beatitudes geography. He says, the Beatitudes tell us as Christians where to stand. They tell you where to stand and who to stand beside because that is where God can be found with the people on the margins, with the people whose voices have been silenced or overlooked, with the poor and the persecuted and the hurting and the grief-stricken and those who are sick and living in pain. The Beatitudes, he says, tell us where to stand and who to stand beside. Their geography. You know, Jesus never actually looked at all the crowds and said... WWJD everybody, he never said what would Jesus do, but he did give us the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes remind us, all of us who are trying to shape our lives like Jesus. The Beatitudes remind all of us who are trying to shape his church, what it should look like, who to stand beside. They are meant to be lived. And Gregory Boyle, he shares a story from his own church life about these beatitudes, about where to stand. He remembers a time when his church had been asked to be an overflow shelter for the community when all the shelters were full. And the church had agreed that up to 50 men could stay and sleep in the church building when they needed it. And the church had said yes to this faithfully, but as you know, um, with anything over the long haul, week to week, day to day, there were challenges, and one of the challenges is that the church began to have a certain smell to it. He said he was even getting there early and lighting a bunch of incense in the sanctuary to try to dissipate the smell, but it was there, you know, the smell of sweat and dirt. And he was hearing some rumblings of complaints that the church smelled so bad. And one day during his homily, he just decided to lean into it. And so during his message, he asked the church, what does the church smell like? And someone said, the church smells like feet. And he said, okay, smells like feet. Well, why does it smell like feet? And somebody said, because there were a whole bunch of homeless men sleeping in the sanctuary just last night. And he said, and why did this happen? And he said, well, that's what we've committed to do as a church. And Father Greg says, well, why did we commit to do this as a church? And someone said, we did it because we think that's what Jesus would do. He said, okay. So this is what we think Jesus would do. So now, what do you think the church smells like? And someone in the back stood up and said, I think it smells like commitment. And another lady stood up and said, no, I think it smells like roses. And everybody laughed. Now, the church smell didn't change. What changed is how they decided to see it blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy blessed are the pure in heart they will see god blessed are the peacemakers for they will be children of god Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. It's geography. And if you let it, it will tell you where to stand. Amen.